You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. God said, through you, Abram, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. Look what God is doing. You know what God is doing? Here's my point. God showed more compassion and mercy on Abram in the place of his failure. Oh, catch this, church, because we so often think, oh, man, I've messed up. God's done with me. The devil will tell you, look what you did. God's done with you. The devil will say, you might as well stay in Haran because God's finished with you. I know the enemy said the same thing to Simon Peter after he denied the Lord. When God makes big promises, what do you do? It's easy to feel overwhelmed or unequipped, but God will always have a way to use you in big ways. In today's message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that you need to leave your worries at the door and let God do mighty things in your life. Be His hands and feet and let Him work in and through you to bring His kingdom to the world. Never stop pursuing the heart of Jesus and experience a fresh renewal in your faith. Listen to His still, soft voice. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Genesis chapter 11 as he continues his message, How Abraham Defeated Danger. What do I do, Lord, in this time of famine? And you know what the Lord promises in the Bible? Even in the time of famine, he will provide for you. In the time of famine, he will come through for you. Listen, no devil in hell, no flesh on earth can keep God's provision away from you. When God decides to get it to you, he's going to get it to you. And he will get it to you. Just ask Elijah, who had room service from a raven for a year at the side of a brook. A raven brought him meat and food twice a day, and he wasn't charged taxes, and he wasn't charged a bill. It was given to him by God. When God wants to provide, God will provide. But it's our danger as well. Have you noticed that it's in the times of famine we make bad decisions. Let me give you a principle. Never make a major decision when you're discouraged or when you're weary. Don't make a major decision. When you're discouraged or when you're exhausted, don't make a major decision. The only decision to make is I'm going to draw near to him. I'm going to come. Listen, those that wait upon the Lord. That's a Hebrew. The word wait there comes from a Hebrew word that means to wrap yourself around. Those that literally grab hold of God and won't let go. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Old men will outrun young men if they're waiting on the Lord. Because here's what happens when you get into a time of famine. Satan will seek to exploit what you're going through. And he swoops in and in that little voice that he uses and disguises often as your own thinking, Satan says... Well, where is God? God doesn't care about you. And what happened to the power of prayer? You've asked for help and nothing is here. Why don't you just turn back and re-enter the world? Anytime you hear that voice that says, go back to the world, the old habits, the old ways, you can know where that's from. He's the liar and the father of lies. And the way you know Satan is lying as if he's talking. But here's Abraham. He's made terrible mistakes. He's lost his testimony, almost lost his wife, lied about her being his sister. He turned to lying and everything else in Egypt, but he realized the error of his ways and he returned. He returned. So even though he looked back, he didn't stay back there. Now, let me ask you a question before I go on. Are you back in the world in any area of your life? Have you returned to the world? Are you looking to the world? It can be a person. It can be a place. It can be a thing. Are you looking to the world 
to provide for you and protect you when only God can do that. If you are, God is using me right now to lovingly call you out of Egypt. Come out. He called Abraham out and he's calling you and me out. Now, here's the second danger I see, the danger of standing still. Now, here's where it gets interesting. We read in our text, we already read it. Let me read it again. Terah took his son, Abram. Look at Terah leading. His grandson, Lot, and his daughter-in-law, Sarah, the wife of his son, Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. Canaan is in their focus. Canaan is in their line of view. Canaan is their goal. But it says, but when they came to Haran, they stopped. And they settled there. Now, listen carefully to me. Haran is more than a physical location Abraham stopped in. There are people here today that are in their own Haran. Haran is the place of compromise. Haran is a place where we say, you know, that is a one long journey I'm looking at, so I'm just going to take a pit stop into Haran. And you pull off and you take a detour, and that detour becomes permanent. Notice, first they stopped there, then they pitched tent there, then they built a house there and started raising children there. Before you knew it, they had settled there. How many people start and never finish? How many people come out of Ur of the Chaldees, the world, say, Jesus, come into my heart, and they head for the promised land, they head to Canaan, and they don't make it? They take a pit stop in Haran, and there they stay. They never reach their full potential in God. They never reach the end. They never come into the fulfillment of their real destiny. I like what Paul said. He said, not that I have already gotten there, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching for what lies ahead, I press toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I've not gotten there yet. I haven't reached the end yet. I haven't broken the tape at the end yet. But guess what? This one thing I do, I'm forgetting what's back there and I am reaching forward to what is ahead of me and I intend to fully, fully obey God and break the tape and do the will of God. So we see Abram, they're headed to Canaan and he stops and he settles, he settles, he settles for, he settles for. I could rename Haran, settle for. He settled for less than God's best. He settled for less than God's will. He settled for. First reason he did it was disobedience to disobey God. We've already gone over that. He disobeyed God. He allowed his attachment to his daddy to co-opt his obedience to God. And boy, did he pay a price? Did he pay a price? And you say, well, Jeff, why would God tell him to leave his daddy? That's easy. His father was an idolater. And God did not want Abram dragged down by somebody who was still worshiping the moon. So he said, leave him behind. I'm calling you to a better place. I'm calling you onward, upward, and forward. You're going to have to leave some things behind if you're going to get what is ahead. You're going to have to say goodbye to some things to say hello to some things. And that's the way it always is with God. Abram allowed his attachment to his father to take precedence over God's word. Rather than following the call of God, Abram followed Terah 
to Herod and, to, and he allowed him to be in charge of the journey. Not God. So because of his attachment to Terah, Abram stood still and didn't advance in the call of God. And just like Abram stayed in Haran until his father died, we also, folks, can be detoured into our own Haran in order to please friends or family. And you're not going to hear messages like this in a lot of churches. A lot of churches won't touch anything that requires a little bit of suffering or sacrifice or pain. But you know what? That's not what Jesus taught. Jesus told us the truth. Are you ready for this? Let me give you a hard saying of Jesus. He said, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. And then he told us who he meant. Your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers, your sisters, and even almighty you. And then he said, otherwise you cannot follow me. You know why? Because not everybody's going to go where you go. A lot of people aren't going to understand your walk. So here you are. You're obeying God. You're going on with God. You got somebody right here. Say, what are you doing? Let's just take a pit stop into Haran. What are you doing? This is what happened with him and Terah. Terah said, let's stay in Haran. And Abraham was torn between a rock and a heart place. The rock being the will of God. The heart place being his daddy. And he went the wrong way. He said, okay, dad, I'll stay in Haran. And you know how long he stayed? He stayed until his daddy died. And he chose to stay until he buried his father. When Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead, you follow me. Now, here's Jesus' whole point, that if a relationship is holding you back from going on with God, you always choose God over that relationship. Because the enemy knows the power of connection. And he knows if he can get you good and connected to the wrong person, It's extremely difficult to break away and obey God. That's why I say to all of you singles, be careful who you hook up with, who you decide to go out with. Check them out. Run a legal check on them. Find out if they're telling you the truth. You think I'm joking about that, don't you? I'll give you the web address to do it. Because the enemy will give you... Listen, the enemy... You know what terror is? Wheat and tear, a tear looks just like wheat until it's full grown. You can't tell the difference between wheat and a tear until it's full grown. Jesus said wheat and tear grow up together all the time, and you can't tell the difference until they're full grown. So you got to pray for discernment. You, you need that Superman vision looking through them and finding out who they are. Because if the enemy can plant the wrong person in your life, it's so hard to walk away and obey God. But if the Lord can get the right person in your life, oh, what a blessing they are. Kathy has never held me back from the will of God. She has never held me back from following the Lord. She's always amen me. Now, there was a season when she was pregnant. I mean, she was pregnant. We got a call to go to East Texas and start a church, our very first church, very first church. So we're driving down there. I had a little stick shift car. We're driving down there to East Texas. Population in this town, a total of 1,600. More people in this church than in this town. It was my first church, and we're driving down there. And what was it we got contrary about? Whether or not we were going to move down there. Because you see, there was no mall. Uh-oh. There were no women's stores. There were no restaurants. There was a Dairy Queen. <laughs> 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 
And so we're driving along, and I said, Kathy, I really think we're going to end up moving down here. We're not moving down here. There's not even a mall. I really think, and we got in contrary. She says, stop this car. So we're out, and all this looking is cows over here in a field. So I pulled over, and I said, where are you going? I don't know. She gets out, slams the door, and starts walking along. (laughs) And what I did, I put it in first gear and just kind of followed. Where are you going? I said, you know, you're going to have to get in sooner or later. So she kind of got out of her system and got back in. And and (laughs) I mean, I would never, listen, but it was a point where I was saying, I think the Lord's telling us to go down there. And she hadn't gotten that word yet. Some of you men know what that's like. You got to wait for the woman to get the word. Because if, you know, it's true. If mama ain't happy, you're not happy. A happy wife makes a happy husband and makes a happy life. Well, apparently, clearly, she got back in. And we did move down there, and it was blessed. Amen? All right. But Jesus said, you put me above every person, or you're not going to make it to the end. You're not going to make it to Canaan. You will never fulfill your ultimate destiny unless you got the right people walking with you. I think Abraham didn't go and stayed in Haran because it was a difficult road. 400 miles. They were, Haran was 400 miles from Canaan. They didn't have private planes, private jets, jets, period, buses, cars, motorcycles, even bicycles. They had camels with humps. Try getting your wife on one of those for 400 miles. So I think it was really easy for them to say, you know what, we'll just stop in Heron and we won't stay long. Months turn into years. Do you know that he left when he was 75 years old? You know the price he paid was that he never started serving the Lord until he was an old man? Jesus said, if you think the road's going to be sweet and covered with rose petals and never a problem, then you don't know what you're thinking. Because Jesus said, remember what I told you, a servant's not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you also. He said, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. Not one of the saints in scripture ever had it easy in serving the Lord. None of them. They all paid a price. Let me tell you the truth. Sometimes there's going to be long stretches of difficulty. There's going to be times when everything in you wants to walk away. There's going to be times when you don't understand. I've told you I have a file, and the file is marked, things I don't understand, and it's fat. And I have it file named, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean to your own understanding. There's some things I'm going to ask the Lord when I get there. But until then, I walk by faith and not by sight. And that's what Abraham was learning to do. Peter said, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through. As if something strange were happening to you. It's not weird. It's not odd. It's not unusual. You're not an exception. If you're going through a hard time, God is going to use it. I promise. The Bible says he will use it to produce 
patience, without which we're told we will never reach maturity. I believe he might have even stayed because he was getting rich in Haran. It could be the money got in the way because the Bible says Haran was the final stop before you hit 400 miles of nothing. So you know what a lot of travelers did? They made a pit stop in Haran. You know what a real estate person would have said about Haran? Location, location, location. And so they stayed there. And they said that they got rich there. I know that because it says when Abram finally did obey God's call and leave all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran went with them. Some of you might be in a Haran because you're making money because it appealed to your material taste. But listen, if you're taking Haran over God's perfect will, if you're taking Haran over Canaan, then you may make money in Haran, but your soul is going to grow lean and you're going to end up in a dry place. So he had the danger of looking back and the danger of standing still. And he stood still for years. There was one last danger, danger of giving up. Listen to what Abram had gone through when his daddy died. Abram had lost his father. He was now an older man. A daunting 400-mile journey stretched in front of him. 31 powerful and godless Canaanite kings awaited his arrival in the promised land. And Sarah was still barren. What's this? God told me I was going to have a son. What a temptation it must have been to remain in Haran. Don't you know the enemy? And I know the enemy. And I know how he talks to people's minds. Don't you know the enemy swooped in right about now and said things like this to him? It's too late. You've missed your chance, Abe. Sarah, have a baby now. Are you kidding me? Have you looked in the mirror lately? Have you looked at her? You must be kidding. Give it up. Stay here. Stay here in Haran. You'll be rich and happy and die. Why go on that 400-mile journey? Why fool with Canaan? Why mess with that? Why don't you just stay here? Well, that's the voice of the enemy. He's always telling us to stay where we ought not be. Why don't you just stay here? Danger of giving up. I believe he was so tempted to quit and say, you know, I'm too old. I missed my chance, missed my prime. I'm going to stay put. Here's what I find interesting. I'm going to close with this. This blew me away. I never thought about this until this week, but you're going to love this. It is here in Haran when he's a 75-year-old man, when God appears to Abram, not the first time, but the second time. The first time was Genesis 11, 31, 32 that we just read. The second time was Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Most of us are taught that the journey of Abraham starts at Genesis 12, but it doesn't. It starts in Genesis 11, 31, and 32. Genesis 12, 1 through 3 is the second time God has come to him. When he first visited him in Ur, here's all he said. Get out of here and go to a place that I will show you. That's all he said. Get out of here and go to a place I'm going to show you. That's the only word that came to him. But in Haran, when he was stuck, in Haran, when he was like a turtle, rolled over on his back, flailing and could not get back up. When he was in Haran, a place of his compromise and a place that represented failure. When he was in Haran, God came to him. And you know what God did? He multiplied the promises to him. It's in Haran that God said, hey, let me give you some incentive. 
Get out of here and I'm going to make you a great nation. Get out of here and I'm going to make your name great. Get out of here and I'm going to bless you and everybody that blesses you, I will bless and curses, I will curse. Can our Washington government hear that, please? God said, through you, Abram, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. Look what God is doing. You know what God is doing? Here's my point. God showed more compassion and mercy on Abram in the place of his failure. Oh, catch this, church, because we so often think, oh, man, I've messed up. God's done with me. The devil will tell you, look what you did. God's done with you. The devil will say, you might as well stay in Haran because God's finished with you. I know the enemy said the same thing to Simon Peter after he denied the Lord. I know that he said it to Moses after he killed somebody. I know he said it to uh, all many, many different saints throughout the Bible. You might as well quit because God's not happy with you. But you know what our God is? He is merciful. His mercies are new every morning. And in the midst of your failure, in the midst of your failure, he multiplies his promises. Come out of here and I'm going to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask for or even think about. Man, I came to preach today. I hope you came to listen. I want you to catch this. Our God is a forgiving God, a merciful God, a gracious God, and his mercies are multiplied. You know, we're right in the middle of your failure. In spite of his disobedience, God hadn't given up on Abram, and he hasn't given up on you. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Some people even use their failures as an excuse to fade to black. But no, no, you can't, because God's hand is still on you. God's call is still with you. His voice is still reaching. Come out of Haran. Come out of Haran, the place of compromise, and I'm going to bless you. Abram heard all these promises and says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave. He said, come on, Sarah. Come on, let's go. And as a 75-year-old man, began a 400-mile journey. They made it to Canaan. You know what I love? 25 years later, he's even older. Sarah's 90. They've obeyed God. There's been fulfillment of some of the promises, but the big one, because none of this can happen without a child. So when he's 100, honey, I have something to tell you. What? What? I'm pregnant, dear. Say what? <laughs> I'm pregnant, dear. How can that be if you looked in the mirror, woman? Well, what about you, dude? And a 90-year-old woman began to show. No wonder when Isaac's born, when the baby's born, they called him laughter. <laughs> Can you believe this? It's too much. It just makes me laugh. Is it possible? Part of the reason she hadn't had one is as long as they were in Haran, they weren't blessed. But when they got into Canaan, the miraculous began to happen. It's so important to be where you're supposed to be. 
God calls you to something, how do you respond? Do you decide based off your own judgment, maybe convenience, or do you follow Him with nothing but faith? In today's word from Pastor Jeff, he illustrated the importance of responding to God's commands with swift action. Living off of your own decisions will always serve to destroy your life. Leave the wisdom of the world behind and let God's promises transform your life like never before. If you're interested in learning about Hardwired, Diane has some things to share. For more teachings and information about this ministry, we encourage you to check out hardwired.org. Pastor Jeff Wickwire has many more messages there. You'll find them under the audio tab. This will surely help you be encouraged in the Word. Once again, that's hardwired.org. We want to invite you to come back again next time for another teaching from Pastor Jeff. Daniel has more on that, giving you something to look forward to. No matter where we're at in our faith journey, we all face times of spiritual drought. Whether the passion just isn't there anymore or we're slipping into the wisdom of the world, it's okay to have times of feeling isolated from Jesus. Discover how to get out of your rut by sticking around for Pastor Jeff's next message. You don't have to live a life that's disconnected from God. He wants nothing more than to lift you out of the muck and renew your soul. There's more Pastor Jeff has to share from the book of Genesis, so be sure to join us again. If you missed any part of today's teaching, you can find it online at hardwired.org. We're so glad we could be part of your day today, and we pray you've been blessed by today's edition of Hardwired.